This podcast contains detailed plot spoilers, adult language, and mature themes. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to a podcast of Rare Antiquities. Once again, we are here to review WandaVision. And this is the last episode, episode nine, the series finale, which I believe it is called. So I guess that most likely answers the question that this is a, this miniseries, there's not going to be a season two. We didn't, I don't think much, many people out there anticipated there would be, but I think this definitively answers that question. How are you guys today, Nathan and Jeff? Yeah, doing okay. Bit tired. I got woken up by coyotes this morning, so I decided to go outside and see what the fuss was about. And then that was four o'clock in the morning and I've been up ever since. And what was the fuss? Oh, I think it's just the fucking moon they're barking at. It's, it's more, and it was more than just that, like the howling. They're like barking. It's just like, did they find like a buffet of rabbits out there? There's like so many rabbits in my neighborhood. I saw, I think someone in my neighborhood feeds the rabbits because I walk by it and there's food dishes out there. And, and I'm not even exaggerating when I say that there was maybe about a herd of about 15 rabbits running away from me at one point when I was walking my dog. This wasn't yesterday. This was only a couple of days ago. So I kind of wondered if the coyotes are like, holy shit, we just stumbled into like a like a huge cache. <laughs> and that, that's funny. It's like, I got I had to get up to see what the fuss was. It's like, what was it? No, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> All it almost right. feels like a metaphor for this TV show. Well, let's get into it. So we start, you know, this episode picks up right away after the last one. So Agatha has the kids hostage and guess releases them kind of and she and Wanda start battling it out and then we have white vision or I think uncolored vision or black and white vision <laughs> what no, I think white white vision if, if Paul Bettany could get any whiter they figured it out there you go <laughs> yeah. yeah it is so I believe yeah I'm not exactly sure if they ever called him like white vision in the comics but or I guess maybe are they going to call him cataract that seems like that'd be like because that was the project that Haywood were, but it's also mm. like a medical condition. So it's like, you know, no, no, it's, it's uh, albino vision. There you go. That's the medical vision. vision. I was thinking cracker vision, but maybe that's a little too on the nose. It's like, you know, paint by numbers vision because it's, you know, you had to have little numbers on each part of his body so you could know which color yeah, to paint him. Color him in. I'm sure my kids would have liked that. It's like, where where's the numbers on his body? I need to know what color it has to be. That's uh, a bad joke. Anyways. Yeah, they start fighting. So you got Fantasy Vision and Back from the Dead Vision. They start going at it. So what do you guys think of these opening moments? And I guess you also have the Captain Rambo gets kidnapped by, what's his face? Fake Quicksilver. Fake, fake Pietro. Fake Pietro or whatever the, the Agatha referred Piet, to him. Pietro. Boner. His name was Boner. His name is Boner. Okay. So well, well, why don't we, we got, why don't we start with that? Well, let's just start with with this. Not not because it's a boner, but I don't understand. So this guy exists, but his face was changed magically from Agatha. That's right. Is that correct? And he's being controlled. Well, they, he's seeing that charm around his neck mm-hmm. that that Wanda got a hold of, right? Um, but his face didn't change when Rambo took it off. No. So, but the, his pictures, no. it was just him. There is headshots in his the headshots. Uh, man that was just. Yeah, that wasn't that the same. I thought it was a different. It actor. was. That was no, a different no, face. It was, no, no, it was. It was just a younger Evan, Evan Peters. There, I think, is what it was. They're like, hey, do you have like a headshot from like ten years ago? Oh, 
Okay. Okay. Well, what'd you guys think of that reveal? The, I guess that's a pretty big tease or that went nowhere. I don't think so. Well, was it a big tease that went nowhere? On the one hand, yes. If you were expecting a big multiverse of madness, X-Men reveal. No, I wasn't. I'm still of the opinion that the multiverse in air quotes is going nowhere. So I don't think that's a big tease that's going no. That's a letdown because I just assume they're not doing that. But if you think that's where they're going, then yeah, I guess that is a big that is a big tease that that goes nowhere. Why don't we throw that out the window about this multiverse stuff and him being an X Men and all that stuff? But just having him being controlled by Agatha and they have that you know what is it like a thirty second scene in his apartment? She turns the tables yeah. on him and that's the end of it. And it really is amounts to nothing. Okay, so, so you you're have, saying you, a big tease that goes nowhere, just in the sense that within the context kind of, of the episode, right. yeah. Okay, then yeah, so like, you're right. Yeah, it, it goes. It's a nothing. I have no idea if this was intentional or not. I don't know how well you guys remember the show Growing Pains. Did you guys no, ever watch I, it? I watched a few episodes. I mean, it's been I'm sure long. I've seen every episode of Growing Pains, but it exists in my mind more as like a, a concept, okay, as opposed to so, like episodes that I could can, that I could recall. Okay, so I remember very little of it, but the one thing I do remember quite clearly, and I have no idea if, if they're referencing this at all, might just because they're literally making a dick joke out of Quicksilver, but uh, <laughs> yeah. it, on Growing Pains, Kirk Cameron's best friend was named Boner. Oh, now that that's oh. right. That comes back. Yeah, to me. I remember it because there was like one, it's like his nickname or whatever. And I just remember a scene where it's like everybody's chanting Boner. Boner. But anyway, played by Walter Koning's son, that character. Uh, didn't he die? He committed suicide. Yes. That was like a decade ago or something like that. Yeah. But I wasn't sure if that was maybe they're still just kind of slotting in the odd TV reference or not. Because he kind of snorts when he says, oh, Boner. As though he's amused by his own last name. Uh, well, that. I'm not going to say what you're saying is wrong. I, I have no idea. Just a joke fell oh, flat. Know. The joke fell flat for me. Yeah. As far as this being like like a big tease that went nowhere, I I don't I don't know if I want to get into like a big thing about it, but I I kind of feel like it was it was not necessary in any way because if you're just a casual fan, you may not know who that is. But if you're a big Marvel fan, now I never thought that this was going to be a gateway to the X Men or anything like that. I don't think that'd be that's too much to put on the show. But the fact that that he was there, there would have been like some kind of at least nod to it. And the fact that it's not, I think, is there's a level of. T- uh, trolling fans and toying with fans like acceptable like what paul bettany did saying he was about to work with an actor he'd always wanted to work with his whole life that's an, a well-executed troll and i applaud him for it you know but this feels like it was a step too far because it's almost glib in a way jeff i know what you're saying i think that the whole multiverse thing i mean I, I think there's a lot of expectations around it i don't think that they're I don't know what their they, their intention is, but if it, it was just a basic casting, it's like, whoa, that's a crazy casting. But you can't like, but that's for hardcore fans. Yeah. And hardcore fans know this show leads into a show with multiverse in the name, the name dropped Nexus. You got all the weird casting stuff coming up with Spider-Man and Marvel Studios has said that this show and the next spider-man and doctor strange are kind of like a little weird mini trilogy so it's sort of weird that they would pull this on people it it was weird i don't really care because i like x-men are not really my favorite marvel characters so it's not like i had a huge disappointment like oh we don't get an x-men reveal i kind of don't give a shit about the x-men all that much 
but I felt it was odd that they kind of pulled this stunt casting that went nowhere. Right, it, it, was, serve, it was stunt it casting, serve. wasn't it? It, it was. Who's like ruffling paper in front of their microphone? <laughs> Is that me? No, I well, I just uh, put my headphones back on, but I wasn't doing it before. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, it's a weird head fake that goes nowhere for, like, it doesn't serve any purpose. Yo, casual fans, it's like, okay, it was sort of a recast, but then the hardcore, or even like, I'm not even a hardcore fan, and I'm like, oh, I know who that is. I think I'm reading into this, but I don't know. It was an odd choice, and I think that there's going to be some pissed off fans. Right, I don't think you can toy with them that that way. Okay, well, there's not a lot of different set pieces to this episode, so why don't we wrap up a little bit about without going into any of the after credit stuff? Just Monica's. Okay, actually, forget that. Let's let's move on with the main fight here. So we got really Agatha and Wanda battling it out, and Agatha wants to absorb Wanda's powers, and I guess as Wanda's like hurling energy balls at her, or whatever. She's absorbing it and taking it, and you see some impacts to Wanda's body. Her hands are starting to burn or wilt a little bit. And at the same time, we got Vision versus Vision, and they come to kind of consensus on, hey, you know, I'm, we're one of the same. Or I've got, you know, they, they start questioning that kind of who are they? In a sense, and that carries forward with Vision a little bit more. He was already asking that before, and then he's going to ask it again to Wanda at the end of the episode, which we'll get to. But what do you guys think of these confrontations? We'll just leave the end sequence with, I guess, Agatha and Wanda's battle at the end there, just that last few minutes. But what do you think of all the rest of it? Well, like, <laughs> it's a hard question to answer. Like, like, how did it look? Like, I thought it looked fine. Like, it looked okay. Like, the effects are pretty good for a TV show, if, we, if you will. And I well, guess to, I had to a be problem. Fair, they, they're clearly throwing like Marvel. Oh, they're throwing money Marvel at money at it for sure. Yeah. As far as the emotional impact of the set pieces, I don't know if this is the place for it or not. The conflict itself was lacking for me. So if we want to get into the emotional impact of it now, why don't we pull that off until a bit later? Okay, it, it, just, I, you can just it talk looked cool. About it. it looked good. I think they did a good job with choreographing it, making it look good. It didn't, Nathan predicted this weeks ago that the last two episodes were going to end up in a, basically a CG slugfest, every Marvel property. Yeah. And it did, but it didn't have, even the vision stuff, they did a pretty good job making it look like, you know, it wasn't two CG monsters fighting each other. Like the vision stuff was pretty good. Usually, like I think about Black Panther, the ending of Black Panther, where they're fighting like on that, those train tracks. And both of them look super phony, even though presumably they're just two dudes in suits, you know, and vision versus vision like that should look poor. But they I think they did a good job because they did enough tight shots where they actually had him in the costume and the makeup. I think I think it looked pretty good. I think it worked. Like as a comparison to Black Panther, like there's, I think there's a couple of things. One, the Black Panther stuff is a lot like darker lighting because they're in the cave and stuff and their suits are glowing. But also, as you said, those are presumably two guys in suits. And so when you see vision versus vision, because of their artificial nature, it just sort of, because you can sort of accept that they'll move faster. And he's, you know, Mm -hmm. so it kind of works a little bit better on that level. But I also did appreciate that they didn't draw it out so much that we've got because it actually takes like the fighting actually takes up a lot of this episode between Vision and Vision and Wanda and Agatha. 
Because it's not like a ton of... I, I, I watched it a second time, like, whoa, it just blew through this whole episode really quickly. And I realized I've just been watching a big fight for a long time. But the vision versus vision fight, I really liked it. It He was able to kind of Kirk jujit, word jujitsu. Oh, uh, I was totally going to bring up the Kirk jujitsu. Yes. Yeah. That, I think but, that was the best part of the episode for me. But I mean, I'll just quickly drop in my two cents like while the effects aren't you know they're not marvel level and it's a tv show and marvel still threw money at it i felt it still looked a little smooth and plasticky it reminded me of sequences in other superhero movies that it just the fx just don't look sharp when you have two cgi creations fighting against each other it looked good but it wasn't great that's where i'll leave it at that but yeah, yeah. you go ahead uh, Nate. I don't think there's that much to say about it. I mean, the the little philosophical debate that they have. I mean, it's interesting, but they, they do draw it out. I, I kind of like that it's also one that, like Paul Bettany playing against himself, I felt pretty well, given what the scene was. You know, I found White Vision eh, kind of menacing, you know, because he doesn't have any emotions the way, well, I was going to say real vision, but fal- Ooh, fal- fal- yeah, false vision. So I, I liked it. I also kind of liked that because that also kind of feels in line with vision where he's not an inherently violent character mm-hmm. uh and will like will attempt to resolve things somewhat peacefully we've seen this uh before with the character in that's right in you know, age of ultron movies. yeah yeah age of ultron uh, civil war to a certain extent yeah yeah um, civil war as well yeah yeah and so I, it, it felt like a natural resolution of him fighting against himself that like oh it just it just kind of ends and one of them leaves they talked it out and they did. And, lo- and logic prevailed in that question you know and i think at the end also he he touched that what is that blue is someone snapping their fingers consistently oh sorry that's uh that's me like with my pen sorry um <laughs> we're having some sound issues guys today <laughs> like who's bitching right now mm. no i enjoyed it i enjoyed the as you guys use the word kirk kirk foo the word mm. foo yeah it logic bombs he was throwing there and but he did touch that blue thing in his head, that jewel or whatever, that gem or whatever it is. Well, it's uh, the, it's the, the, no, it's the on-off. It's the power cycle button. It's the power cycle button. That's he rebooted so, him, right? He did the old. Yeah. That's it. Works every time. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're a shitty old computer or a advanced AI, whatever he's called. Works every Synthesoid. time. Well, Synthesoid. Synthesoid. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's easy. They they at least put it right where everyone can find it. Unlike you know, data. It's like what? Where is it? It's like behind this, like right where a kidney it's, would be. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's data's it's data's tramp stamp. It's right in the lower back. Oh, try it. Yeah, tramp stamp. <laughs> there you go. So, but he did implant memories into him at that point, did he not? That's what no. it looked like, yeah. No, yes. no, no. No. What he's doing is White Vision has the memories of the original Vision, but they're locked away. He can't access them. Oh, so he had Vision to... is unlocking them is what it is. So he but had... didn't he did because reboot him though, isn't that what he did it's it's kind of i mean that's that's ultimately the effect of it right where he because he almost kind of resets white vision's brain in a weird way and so because he's it's a little bit he has the the sword programming but now he has the original vision's memories they're probably all mixed in kind of together a little bit 
I was actually kind of wondering if they were going to resolve this because, again, this is a little bit of a comic book thing where they had like two visions and they put like white vision was evil and they took the other vision. But yeah, it's a whole fucking thing, right? And I was like, oh, like when I saw white vision at the end of last episode, like, okay, I don't know that storyline that well, but that seems kind of cheap that they're going to let vision live essentially by like, mm-hmm. oh, he'll just like phase into the other vision and it's like, oh, I'm back. I'm back, baby. Yeah. But yeah, no, they kind of, I think the way they resolved it was. Uh, He's fine. B4 now is, is what he is. It's a little bit of that, right? Yeah, he is kind of B4 in a way because I think this is an interesting way to go with the character because he has the new programming. And so are the memories of Vision, like does he perceive them as his own? Mm. I think that's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Also, we get to keep Paul Bettany in the MCU, which I think yeah. is a win. I, I think that's a win as well. Totally agree. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but I mean, Marvel plays it safe. So we'll talk about that emotional punch at the end. I think it relates to that. But anyways, like, hey, let's get to the, well, actually, before we get into now Agatha and Wanda, how about the low tier players, which are the kids dealing with the army and we get Darcy ramming the truck. I don't know where she's been this whole time, but driving around, around, I guess driving around in this town. That's probably the size of like one small, geez, like, what is it? Like five blocks was that town. It, you know what? It doesn't actually look that when they have the aerial shots, it doesn't look that small. Like it's not a little podunk farm main street and a couple of houses. It's a small town. All of that. It's not a small, small place. You calculate the uh, square miles and let me know there's Jeff. Oh, it's, 80, it's 84. It's 84. Oh, okay. Sure. Sounds yeah, good. Jesus. Okay. Get with it, man. Pick it up. I'm glad she got earned a paycheck this week for her uh, three and a half seconds of screen I just assumed that the lineup, because she was stopped at the red light, but then all those kids, I'm like, it just must have been the, all the children in the, in the town. And she was just waiting for them to pass by. That's why it took her so long. Yeah, oh, right. Well, let's talk about just then Darcy, Jimmy Woo, and the uh, director Hayward guy. Let's wrap these characters up here. So I'll start. To me, that they were just had ne- next to nothing to do. I know they had to kind of deal with... But what do you think of just Hayward just randomly just wanting to shoot the kids? I felt that kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, I agree. Um, it just felt like they just wanted to say... Well, you know what? We got to kind of make him do a bad thing. And it just didn't seem like he had any motive to do anything there about that. I'm like, actually, like, what's his goal? And what's his, what's he trying to do? His goal was about vision. Yeah. It's a classic but bad guy though. move is kind of all it felt like to me. No, right. But, but the, is, no, but the but thing let, though, is it's confusing is that what was his overall plan? Like he has, because we think that, oh, he's going to go in and get vision. Then we find out he has she never took him. So what the fuck does he care about this hex thing? Because then he sends in White Vision to take out Wanda. But like you can't, I don't know, maybe he doesn't know you can't take the other Vision out of there. But he kind of seems to think that, well, once we destroy Wanda, uh, if we, then if we kill rescue Wanda, these people. but then his plan when he's talking to Jimmy Woo is like, well, but then the our vision, people will think that that's the vision that she stole and tried to react. It's like, well, what, who cares? Like, just, just leave. You have vision. Yeah, so no, I, didn't, I couldn't understand what his yeah. because it kept, kept shifting. So well, well, let me let me just say this: like I think that Wanda would eventually find out. So then I think he was under the guise of trying to rescue the town. You saying maybe my best approach to have this al- albino vision is to kill Wanda, you know, without worrying of any you know after effects. 
he can go home and sleep at night and say she's not coming after me. You know, if That's she gets any wind of that. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree there too. It's it was more about like taking out Wanda as opposed to anything else. Yeah, but at the same time, but he didn't. But but, but she here, left, no, no, no. and they but, never. But he never went after her. Let's just even focus on that. He's got a sinister motive about white vision, albino vision. But at the same time, his task, even though that's not his true goal, but it still exists, is to free this town from under Wanda's grasp. That's is right. Is it not? So wasn't he justified at shooting Wanda? Well, and, he but the weird been justified thing, at shooting at Wanda, except he shot at her. Uh, yes. Yeah. That's right. So this was the weird thing. This felt like they just kind of made something out of place. Like he just became yeah. like yeah. this monster of a person out of nothing. Well, that's why I said it's just a classic bad guy move. It's just a thing that yeah. bad guys do. Like, right. like there's nothing past that. I'm not just like that's, that's it's weak on the part of the show. Is that Yes. How it, they've handled a, this character is weak. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think he has fewer dimensions than the Jeff Bridges villain in Iron Man. Well, I enjoyed Jeff Bridges and Iron Man. I'm I did too. You know. oh, okay. No, I did too. Uh, but he was he was totally one dimensional, though, right? Money. Well, <laughs> well, especially yeah. at the end, there he starts like growling in the suit. Yeah, he does. But, <laughs> I love that. It's, it's it's actually hilarious when you watch now. But yeah, I I don't know. It was confusing. I I felt like Hayward's motives were unclear at best when you actually get to this last episode. Like I. But, Couldn't understand that, what he was doing. And then so the fact that he's like, he's just, we're up to murdering children now? Yeah, but to me, I just find it, you guys are talking about this is just classic bad guy stuff. I thought it would be yeah. more interesting. Like this show has had some extra potential to really dive into these shades of gray. And we'll get into Wanda in a second here. But because we, I've been talking about this kind of shade of gray with Wanda and how uncertain I'm feeling about this, about her portrayal on this uh, on this series. But the same thing could have been done here with this Hayward guy. He is just a military grunt whose goal is to utilize this other vision as a weapon, but he still has to rescue this town. So he has two goals here. His confrontation could have just simply been with Wanda. Why have them just shoot shoot the kids? It's just, as I said, it just felt completely out of left field. But I agree with you, Jeff. It's for the purpose of making the audience feel like, oh, oh, he's the bad guy. He got what he deserved and everything like that. I thought it would have been more interesting, especially after the last episode where it's like, okay, Wanda, I, I see you came to my office. I'll show you what's really going on. And this is what we're doing. And you know what well, I mean? And he, when they showed that scene, he was empathetic there that's right because he's like yeah but, come on in yeah see it and he's like everybody stand down you gotta see this for yeah, yourself because because like, he realizes who she is and what's going on right. and, what and there was no through. yeah there could not have been an ulterior motive in that because she she could just have dismantled him atom by atom it was all about for him there it actually did in that scene there it actually did seem and yeah uh, and, honest like yeah that's like, right you need to see this this is what we're doing he was honest with her this is what we're doing more or less um, no, but he he was right. I can't let you just. Yeah, you, since he's not alive. I can't. Three billion, billion dollars worth of vibranium. Yeah, that's right. It, it says he's yeah. dead. What do you? I can't let you just take it just to bury yeah. him in, in somewhere, right, or something like that. We got to use this for the betterment of the country. So, anyways, but I thought that that would have led into a more interesting conclusion. Is where I'm going with this character, even though I didn't expect it to be. I just felt it was a missed opportunity because they just put him as a paint by numbers guy. We're never going to hear, even though we wouldn't have seen this character again in mm -hmm. any other iteration. I just felt they dropped the ball with this 
aspect of the character because he, especially because he was so empathetic in the previous episode. So I thought, I don't know. That's just me. I was disappointed. How about then uh, Jimmy Woo and Darcy? Let's uh, wrap those guys up. I was uh, happy with Jimmy Woo actually and his, how easily he escaped from the handcuffs. I like that. Like flourish. Then he's like, hey, yeah, oh, uh, I love that. Like that was great. Well, I don't know if I could say he was under underserved because he is he's just kind of a minor character anyway. You know, he had a couple good moments. He didn't really have an arc. I was happy to see him and he provided some levity, so I was okay with that. As far as Darcy goes, that's kind of a waste of a character that I didn't give a shit about in the first place. So I, I guess I have a hard time going one way or another. She has good comedic timing, yeah. but like why I don't know why they bothered to put her in the show. It's actually a bit of a production problem with the last episode where, because the show did shut down because of COVID. And I think specifically her, they, when they wanted to shoot her scenes for this episode, they couldn't. And they're like, well, we can't just have her like out at the traffic stop. And that's the last time you see her in the show. So I think that they kind of did this. And like, okay, well, she showed up and then she's gone again, sort of thing. So I think that's just, I think it was just an unfortunate uh, reality they had to deal with uh, when they were shooting it. But yeah, because there's no resolution to the character. Not that a character at this level needs a huge arc, but kind of a waste to bring, because they did have a lot to do earlier on in the show. And then by the end, they're just kind of gone, unfortunately. Yeah, when you have too many. You don't have enough time and you have too many characters. It just becomes problematic to balance everything, right? It's too bad, but I thought that, I think we were all excited once she got absorbed into the hex, as we call it, that, yeah, because, you know, with the sitcom format and with her, uh, yeah, what is it, Cat Cat Dennings, right? So she, Dennings, if she yeah. yeah, she has some comedic chops that, you know, it would have been taken, she would have been utilize a bit more but if nathan what you're saying is true if they got fucked by covid then i guess we can't blame them if that's true but still missed opportunity either way so why don't we go into agatha and wanda and how that resolves their battle all that jazz what do you guys think looks fun <laughs> <laughs> there there was actually a couple of neat things i kind of like there is one point wanda flies up to uh, well quickly talk about the battle stuff then we can talk about her talk about her interactions i think with the townsfolk because that's a little bit before their, their big battle when wanda flies up in the air and she kind of disappears she kind of mm -hmm. does like a little bewitched Boy, thing. That's right, yeah. it was kind of fun and the other thing that i noted was i felt like it was a bit of an age of ultron callback because she kind of, the way she sneaks up on agatha yeah 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 that was something that that's true yeah. And they kind of like moved away. I guess maybe like she never really used her powers and like to the full extent while she was in the Avengers. Not a lot of opportunities to take over people's minds, I guess. But like the fact that she kind of, it was sort of like a weird super speed and then the little fingers on the temple kind of thing. I thought that was a neat visual callback. The overall battle, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just very marvelly, you know? Yeah, like no, just, very, very, just yeah, the bat, just the battle stuff. But I thought some of the more interesting stuff was like with the, with townsfolk. the townsfolk. Yeah, let, yeah, well, let's talk about the townsfolk after. Let's just wrap up the battle. So I agree. I think it was the one unfortunate thing here is is I felt that Catherine Hans. I was a bit disappointed in Catherine Hans' performance here. I didn't need her hamming it up, but I just felt it was a bit laid back as the bad guy. I don't know if that's. A good thing or not was it refreshing or not i just felt i needed something more here out of her as the villain but yeah the battle i felt I, I needed a bit more of a punch i liked the fact that she used runes you know how she learned that trick and she turned the tables on agatha i thought that was clever but 
outside of that, I just was I was a bit disappointed. I, I felt it was all anticlimactic. Well, what did you guys think about then she punishment she gives her that she'll just be the nosy neighbor? I, I thought that was good. I like that. That was a good punishment. Well, oh, shit, I don't know. It's pretty cold. But well, yeah, it is. That, does that hold now that she that the hex is gone? But she still has well, her powers as a Scarlet Witch, right? Regardless, yeah. wherever she's, she goes, she's gonna be able to do what she does with people. Like in even Age of Ultron, like she, you just talked about how she snuck up behind people. She did that in that movie too. Right, right. Makes right. But some it didn't kind last of. Forever. But now she's, you know, more powerful. You could say, it's, you know, her powers have been unleashed. It, enhanced. It's almost like Agatha Harkness has her own, like her own personal hacks. Although yeah. I did think that it's like, well, she does. She's not from that town, so is she just gonna go live with Ralph Boner now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, gonna, he's yeah. probably he's probably into it. She's gonna need a leprechaun to cure that right up. So, oh jeez, I did like that we have like a kind of a no villain death thing because I kind of hate that with Marvel or superhero movies in general. Like, you don't need to kill the bad guy at the end, you know. And most Marvel movies kind of do that. I think there's very few where the villain lives at the end. So the fact that we have not one but two antagonists uh, living through this show is, I mean, it's almost unprecedented. Yeah, it's a pretty bloodless series. I mean, I feel like she's torturing, she's torturing the whole town by leaving uh, Agatha there as the nose neighbor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know what? That seemed like a pretty dreary town. (laughs) Yeah, it does, doesn't it? I was kind of, I was almost expecting her, like, when she leaves, when she leaves, when she left, to, like, spruce it up a little bit, you know? Like, open the mill or again or or some other bullshit like get him a new sign but yeah she just leaves and it's just a same old dumb any other comments on the battle there jeff then let's talk about the town the battle was okay like i say i think there were some decent visuals there but it's you know it's it's basically two two witches shooting magic lasers at each other and there's just not there's just not much there. Yeah, I, I, like yeah, I think like, there was no there was no stakes there either. It just didn't feel like there's a well, lot of stakes play here. So, well, we can talk about the stakes. I don't know if you want to talk about the overall stakes now or or later. Let's leave it for later. Let, why don't you roll later? Yeah, right? if you have if you have no other comments on the battle, well, why don't actually, you roll into? I do have just one last comment on the battle. So when Wanda does her her mind trick on Agatha there at the Age of Ultron thing, and they go back to when when she's mm, oh yeah. tied to the stake there. Like, where are they? And what is it? Like, I guess I didn't understand how it was that, like, it's Wanda's, it's Wanda's illusion, I thought. So how is it that they can take her and, like, physically accost Wanda? Like, it's her. Well, I, I, I think like, it's a combination of powers of two witches where it's, like, you don't, and I'm kind of fine with that idea. Like, you don't need to nail down the specific. Like, this, it's not Dungeons and Dragons where you need to have, like, these, like, nailed down rules on spells and stuff. I did think it was kind of a waste, though, because what was the point of it, right? So, yeah, you went into this illusion that wasn't really an illusion that sort of turned on Wanda to, like, to what effect, you know? Because then... I mean, it was cool when she, like, tackled uh, Agatha out of it. I thought, like, visually that looks neat. But again, I just, I didn't understand, like, what point of that particular 
scene was as to like what what are they getting at because those witches aren't real right you know, right well so yeah because that's Cause, part cause, of i guess, I guess Agatha power, had, it's, it's an illusion but it's also created out of agatha's mind right if we're kind of basing it on like how i i mean i don't really know how her powers work obviously well it's a they're fake like based on like age of ultron she just did something with tony stark and he sort of saw something that he didn't want to see so i guess in this aspect it's something that Agatha doesn't want to see, but the whole thing turns on her. And I just think that's because you have you're you're adding another witch to the equation, and that's why it's a little hazy as to what it is. But I just didn't understand like what like what was the point then? Yeah. Not not, yeah, not the-, the point of why want it. Like I understand like from a tactical perspective why she would do it but like why the writers write this scene like would it uh, they write this scene because it's like gets the people back up on their you know kind of instead of slumping in their chairs watching it they get go move towards the edge of their seats because they're saying oh okay now one the tables are going to be turned on wanda but then it doesn't happen i guess but it plays out for so long that you could have like tightened it up a little bit i don't know that was my thought like because it's inconsequential i think Mm -hmm. agreed so jeff why don't you then let's talk about the townsfolks so they get, there's two moments here, uh, one where it's in the middle of the battle and she loses a bit of that control over the hex and the townsfolks around her snap out of it. And even one guy starts angrily coming towards her and she's starting to get crowded and no one strikes her or does anything They start yelling at her and telling, like you get the girl from the 70s show, the lady says, just kill us if you're just going to torture us in this fashion and all of these things. And the interesting here is Wanda saying, no, 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 don't worry about it. I know she's in the middle of a battle, but it's kind of still saying, no, don't, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. You know, I'm not really going to release you. And then finally she does. And the funny thing is it's Agatha that tells her what she's doing is wrong. And then she opens up the hex and says, okay, go. Right. Mm-hmm. Then you have the other moment at the end where they're all like this whole hex is gone. She's leaving the town and then all the people are just giving her the, the stink eye. Right. Oh, there's so. a major stink eye going on there. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- there is, but yeah. I want to talk about this. I mean, you know, I, she flies away. She's not arrested. No one's, there's no authority or military or local force, justice force pursuing her saying she has to be locked away, but she is a criminal for what she has done. The show has has been, we, we've asked the question since the beginning, is this all under her control? Does she know what's going on? And the answer is definitively yes. And she doesn't care. Even though she let them go at the end, even in this episode, she was willing to just keep the fantasy going, even though she knows they're being tortured, right? So what does that say about Wanda? And the question I would have then, is she a villain? Is then the answer would be most likely a yes. And if she isn't, I doubt there will be a consequence to this for any of her actions. So let's end up in a movie joining the Avengers again, or oh, yeah. end up as a villain. Well, there's no con- There's not going to be any. There's not going to be a single consequence. So then, what's your comment on that? For me, this is a problem. Because uh, what does that say? What does that say about so, you know? We on. talked about I, other I, movies, right? So yeah, well, about consequence. None of them. superheroes. Yeah, none of them have ever. Nobody's had. Nobody's. Ex- what? Who's the? <laughs> I'll try they to find a, a movie here. about I'll it. I'll find a and sentence here. Had, they yeah. had a whole movie about consequences, and they everyone and still dropped walked it away. halfway through. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That whole thing got dropped. I think though that we're kind of missing a, a key element here when we talk about what she's been doing. Yes, she's been doing it, but there's also there's also a question of intent because she was under the impression she did not know what they were going through as far because she is basically saying, "No, you're safe here." 
you're content no. and like no we're not she said that no. here but vision was telling her before like three episodes ago that they're being tortured and and she just and didn't she didn't care no, no, no i don't no, know that she didn't care. i don't think that I don't, she hang on i don't think that she didn't care i think that she didn't think that that was true but then even when monica challenges her two episodes ago she goes maybe i am the villain you know well, okay. when she exits the hex and confronts the sword they're telling her what's going on you're talking about well can she recognize their pain i don't give a fuck if she can feel the pain she should recognize as just a sentient being that she has this population under her control they have no free will it's yes, her but will. i mean if it but if you couch but again it's one thing when she's doing something maliciously to torture people. Now, they have been, for all intents and purposes, tortured. But I think what we're seeing here is that in her mind, she's like, no, you're safe here. You have, like, you have lives, and I'm protecting you. And they're like, no, you're not. And it just took this confrontation with the actual people. She has no reason to trust Hayward. Hayward stole Vision's body and like, well, you can't get him back. And she was upset that. So she has no reason to trust what he's saying. He's a fucking but, dickhead. But, that's right. Uh, but then Vision, she, she doesn't, said multiple. He had Vision no, and Monica. On, but uh, Monica, as far as Wanda's concerned, Monica sent in a drone and, and shot a missile at her face. No reason to trust Monica. And as far as Vision is concerned, she knows he's not real. So it's like, well, you know, it, sometimes it's like, you don't know what you're talking about. And, and <laughs> okay, okay, sounds good. I don't so know. I'm, I, I'm saying, surprised. I'm surprised you guys read it that way. Uh, no, well, it's, it's, <laughs> oh, it's wait, play, wait, 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 it that way. That it, not she's, that I mean, way. No, she's no. playing it that way. Like, there's no. All you can do is read what's on the screen, and she is telling those people in this moment that, like, no, you're not. But it actually took them to say. Like, we're in pain. We'd rather die. When you make us go to sleep, we see your nightmares, you know, uh, all the, these horrible things that, and sometimes like, you know, that's just kind of how people process the world, like, especially with terrible stuff. It's like, and this whole show is about grief and her inability to process it. And so she's was incapable of processing these things. So she was not like intentionally doing this, this to these people. I'm not saying what she was doing was right, but uh, intent goes a long way. And so saying that she's a villain, like a villain would, this would be an experiment if it was a villain, right? But she's trying, she's going through a thing and she didn't really think that she was hurting anyone. It's like, yeah, okay, she's taken away their free will, but it's not like they're, she's forcing them to do anything untoward, right? It's not like that they're living through some like gross or like terrible. Yeah, she, she thinks she's taking care of them. Yeah. Right or wrong. Yeah. Like part of it as well is like one of the things that I think the show did right and perhaps inadvertently is show that People who have power over other people and exert that power usually believe that they are doing the right thing for those people because they're they know better or are better because they can like, OK, you can't take care like I can take care of you. I can make this a perfect paradise. You don't need to worry about it. The fact that like free will doesn't enter into the minds of people who have power. It just doesn't. So it's not right, but it is her. It, it is part of who she of how she's going about this whole situation. This well, make her good. Uh, it does I, make I, her akin to a villain because that's what all of the bad guys always think is that they're they're doing the right thing. They have the power to do that. They exercise their will, and they play her in a different light because obviously she's meant to be sympathetic. But we aren't meant 
to see her in this show as the good guy. We are meant to see her as like, she's not the good guy, nor is she the bad guy. She's she's experiencing so much grief. And when somebody who experiences grief and has unlimited power, this is very conceivably what may happen. From that context, Jeff, yes, this is what may happen. But I disagree with you guys wholeheartedly in the fact that she does not recognize what's going on and determining right from wrong so she can get through or handle her grief. The sacrifice is this town so she can have vision and these kids. And she recognizes that and she's been confronted about that by multiple people and she still doesn't, it, when I, maybe I shouldn't just use the word care, but she realizes exactly what's happening. It's not like she's confused or anything else. She realizes what's happened. And I think we've seen that multiple times through the show. So, I mean, that's okay. You guys have a different opinion. I have a different opinion. We agree to disagree on that. Uh, well, I hold on a second. I'm, a, I'm confused what we're disagreeing on. We're all saying the exact same thing. I think you guys are saying that she doesn't realize pain or the torture that she's inflicted and the I, slavery I think, that she's inflicted yeah. on these people. That's where we're specifically disagreeing. The, the pain aspect. I mean, a lot of those other things, I get that. Yeah, she knows that she's doing it, but I think that simultaneously she did not realize the actual, I think she realizes it's wrong on some level. But I think when we're talking specifically about the pain that these people are feeling, I think that she did not realize that she, what she was doing. I totally agree that she was, these people were her puppets to do as she saw fit. But I'm talking more about like the specific kind of pain. It's a little bit like keeping a dog in a cage. It's like sometimes like, well, you got to just kind of stay in the cage for a little bit. But if it's like, but you're putting like a, but if the dog is like it, I don't know where I'm going with this analogy, but it, it's sort of similar to that where <laughs> yeah. it was more, she knows she's doing something kind of wrong, but she's also trying to be somewhat benevolent about it in a weird way. Because I, I still think that uh, I, like, there's the, no the sense of benevolence here. No, I don't think there's any sense of benevolence here. It's complete selfishness. She's, no, I agree with that. It is selfish, but I don't think she, she doesn't It's not for the people. good of these people. There's nothing here. She's I saying know, but, about the safety again, in this battle. It's intent. It's yeah. intent, though, because she's not, she's not doing – she's not like going out of her way to do this to these people. It's more of a consequence of what she is doing, and that is where I think it's – like the, the intent is a little murky there, but I don't think she's – she didn't come to this town and say – I'm going to turn all these people into puppets. She came to this no. town, this thing happened, and she just lit it and let, left it happening while sort of understanding that on some level that, yes, this is not, not right, but probably not understanding the, the, the pain that she's inflicting. It's possible, too, that she, like so many of us, is able to sort of like have willful ignorance towards the things that she does. Yeah. Like you can be more, you can be both selfish and unaware of being selfish, which is what I think she was at the end of the day, right? At the end of the day. But anyways, I think we've dwelled on it too much. Let's just move on. I guess then we can agree, I guess there will be no consequence for this character moving no, forward. There, there won't be any like, like by consequences, no. I assume you mean like, a oh, penance. A penance. No, no. A Any penance. sort no, of penance. No. There may be a, a throwaway, some some bullshit. You know, she's not gonna. She's not going to experience any real payment for this. I, I wouldn't. I'd be stunned no. if, if she had to pay for it, or any serious it, one. It, it would actually be funny if she showed up in the She-Hulk series and like one like of the townsfolk like, like she. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, and and she calls defending her in like in like small claims court or something over it. (laughs) 
like the, so, the car the car that she at Agatha is like I yeah, yeah my insurance doesn't cover that. Oh, just because you mentioned it, the car that she threw at Agatha. Did you guys catch the? It was called the Wicked Witch of the East. Yes, that was so good. Yeah, well, that's part of the whole series. Anyway, continue. so so I guess that's a question I have is because there probably will not be a penance. What does that say? Well, what does it say about what? I mean, it's a Marvel show. What does any Marvel thing say about anything? Doesn't say doesn't say anything. It says that if you have power, you can do whatever you want. But every superhero movie has always said that. It's just it that is, we always true. see our heroes, generally speaking, behave in a benevolent manner. On the surface. Anyway, plenty of superheroes have done things that were not okay, and they've never paid the price. Ever. So it's right? that a missed so, opportunity here. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about missed opportunities? I give you one division. Okay. <laughs> Well, I I know where your I know where your your biggest bone is. I can take a guess, which I'll guess. Yeah, uh, you, you know where you definitely know where my biggest bone is. Jesus, uh, what happened there? I'm not going to touch that one, Jeff. Too, I hope not. I love you, buddy, but not that much. Shit. <laughs> but um, <laughs> okay, I got to get back on track here. <laughs> Where's that whiskey? Uh, but <laughs> so, as far as consequences, Harry. I mean, I think that's maybe too much to expect from Marvel. All right. They've crashed cities, like they floated cities, crashed them. Spider Man crashed a plane onto a beach. Like untold millions have died uh, at the hands of the Avengers. And billions, if not trillions, of dollars in damage. Yeah. And so I think part of part of the problem is that the the view of like this is not like a comic book thing, but I think specifically when you talk about comic book superhero movies and the Marvel movies in general, they kind of have like this fascist military view of the might makes right. And that's just kind of it. And so you're either on board or you're not, because there, there's never going to be like a, like a true consequence. No one's going to go to prison over this sort of stuff. Well, it, it no one's like going to have like, they, they just have to move on to the next thing. And that's just the, had, the product that they're giving us. They had a whole movie where they started to talk about it. And then they were just like, yeah, but fuck it. We got to have a fight. Yeah. But also, you know, like, that's not even what this show's about. I feel like the creators of the show said, we want to talk about the, make this weird-ass experimental show about grief. The fact that we're even kind of talking about consequences, I mean, I, I don't even think it ever really entered the mind of the creators because it's like, that's not the story we're telling. But, so to but, kind okay. of inject that in there. I'm but not then, sure. Nathan, Nathan, couldn't yeah. they have done both? You know, I don't need to explore anything now about the consequence too much. But, you know, couldn't she accept that responsibility in a uh, big girl way and say, you know what, you know, I've got to pay for what I've done here? I suppose, but again, I'm I'm not sure. I'm I'm just not sure that it was ever kind of the point. No, no, it wasn't the point. But I think that so when we get to missed opportunities, that's my missed opportunity. Ah, I see. That'll be my biggest. I, I think I agree with you partly in that I do think that the sort of the last scene between Wanda and Monica was a big crock of shit because she apologized to Monica while the whole town is right there. I know she said, well, nothing I will say would like you could still apologize to them at the very least. That's like literally. Yeah, uh, yeah. you, you would think she would have just done a, like a just turned turned around and just said, you know, after talking to Monica, she turns around and has an honest little couple minutes with the town. Yeah, like I, I kind of feel like I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> didn't even get that. Just say sorry, and then you fly away. But the fact that she said sorry to Monica, 
I don't really feel like she had that much to apologize. To well, I think she threw, she threw her through a couple of walls or something, right? So even wow. though she protected her, but yeah. you know what? Hang on, Monica got superpowers out of the whole ordeal. No, no, no. So I, I would yeah, say but, that but she she didn't know that would happen. Rate, she, on yeah, an, yeah, but she didn't know that would on an exchange rate. I think it's fine. It's fine. Okay, <laughs> but um, I did think that was kind of bullshit the way it, it ended like that. So, but it's very marvelly. Like it, it actually reminded me a lot at the end of Civil War. In fact, even the music was very similar. Mm. Okay. Any other comments there, Jeff, on townsfolks or consequence or anything else on that um, part? I don't think so. I, I mean, it was. I think it would have been to the credit of the show to explore it a little bit more. But it's unfortunate. I mean, it's unfortunate that, again, like I say, I mean, we can talk about it, but yeah, missed opportunity. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Well, I mean, she goes off, I think, like it was kind of, correct me if I'm wrong, she leaves, she flies away, and that's really where the credits roll. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And the quick end of credits is the two quick little, uh, there's a mid credits and end credits scene. So we get the, you want to talk about those? So the, Monica and then the one to shot in the cabin at the end there. So uh, Nathan, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, a couple of fun stingers. I mean, we got, I mean, it's just how crazy Marvel is now. We've got witches and androids and aliens and other various superheroes kind of flying in there as well. And so I thought that was kind of a fun little uh, tag there with Monica. The very end credit one. I mean, that was interesting. I, I kind of wondered if a little bit of tease there for Doctor Strange. So I kind of wondered like if what she was hearing was, I mean, it's real in the sense she heard it, but I was actually, what we've actually kind of skipped over like the whole emotional beat of her, like letting her family die. To the, yeah, we can get to, we can circle yeah. back to that. I mean, there's a lot of weird things in comic books and stuff like that. that happened with her kids because they weren't real and then they were and like Mephisto is like a devil and the Marvel cosmology is all mixed into all that. So I thought it was, you know, it was kind of a, a fun stinger. Had a bit, definitely like a Doctor Strange vibe because if you guys remember that movie, he was also studying by astral projection. Was he studs? I mean, I heard or studying there in the cabin, but like, was he, did he study and then like drink tea at the same time? And another no, I believe he was asleep while he did that, but I just sort of oh, assume okay. that. So she's like his, chilling and also doing the other thing. And studying. Yeah. A little bit of a Dr. Manhattan thing kind of going yeah, on there a little bit. They drop a bunch of Marvel stuff earlier about how Scarlet Witch is more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. And you got like the Darkhold book and that's a whole big Marvel thing. It was weird because it reminded me of um, The Incredible Hulk because that movie also ends in like a cabin out in the in British Columbia somewhere, like kind of like this. Maybe they're neighbors. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that funny? <laughs> you see like Ed, Ed Norton just like running in the background. Now. They're like yeah. the cigarette smoking man after he got blown away in the X-Files, just living in like mm-hmm. northern Canada in some cabin on the lake somewhere. He's like, why'd you move out here? No stairs. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. So I thought they were fun. No, I, I just, they're I mean, fun. that's, it's not much there. It's just more like the standard Marvel stuff of giving us some, um, some teases for what's coming up. Not next, next, I think. We're not going to see these characters again for a little while. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess the, the Monica ones for Captain Marvel, it seems, I guess. And well, actually, I was confused yeah. by that because it's like, is that for Captain Marvel or is it, I assumed it was, but I thought, like, could it be for Secret Invasion, which is another show? I don't know. Because I didn't know who she was, who the, the alien was talking about, like the, the Skrulls. Like, is she talking about 
Oh, yeah. Fury or Talos. Because she's like, I was sent by a friend of your mom, right? Who knows? Yeah. It's ambiguous Uh, enough, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it is ambiguous. Well, she looks like she'll head out to space or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I'm not crazy on these. You know, they don't really offer much. I've never been huge on the end credit sequences in any of the Marvel movies. So to mm. begin with, so you know, they're nice to see, but you know, they don't really give you much, right? It's just blah. So I felt the same way here. So why don't we circle back to the goodbye scene? I just, I, yeah. I just want to be clear. If you mean, I also felt blah. I did not feel blocks. I eat this shit up all the time. So just, I just want to be clear on that. I am diametrically opposed to Harry oh, on, the, <laughs> on the end credit. No, philosophically. I, I, I always dig the end credit sequences. They, they sometimes fall flat, but goddamn if I'm not glued to my seat. I only like the shawarma scene. I, I can't recall another one that's like, oh, that one was so sweet. What, yeah. Actually, that, I, that was I the best like one. That, I feel like the best one is that and the one at Spider-Man Homecoming. Where is this Captain America coming out? He's like, he says like. It was um, one of those, like one of those videos that he was shooting or whatever, right? It, it was like, patience is a virtue for every soldier. But sometimes patience means you get nothing at all. And you wonder, why did I wait for something so oh, yeah. terrible? That and was just kind funny. of, and then it just sort of ends or whatever. It's pretty funny. Uh, it kind of proves my point, but that's okay. <laughs> well, well, no, but it, it's a troll though. If it's a good, but sad. if it's a good joke, then it's, it's fine. A joke. Like, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a troll for sure. But I'm all yeah. right that they felt. They uh, I was, uh, I was on board for it. Okay, uh, why don't we circle back? Let's talk about the emotional punch now. So we could talk about the series. And this finale here. So we get the goodbye scene between, I guess, her and the kids and her and her fake vision and his realization about, and his question is like, what am I? And she explains about the Mind Stone. And I don't know if you guys can explain exactly what she said. I know she's, he's just a byproduct of the Mind Stone and her power, which was impacted by the Mind Stone. So that's why he's here. Well, so the interpretation that I have is that, like, she hurts because, and we've talked about her connection to the mind store. Obviously, that's where powers come from. So I guess it's conceivable that she never lost her connection to the mind stone. It was always a part of her, and it, right, she was a part of it. So as it effectively became Vision, it was the part that animated Vision, gave him whatever, life, soul, mind, whatever you want to call it. But because she was always connected to that, like she was always connected to Vision, so she kind of like held the soul. She was like, for Harry Potter fans out there, she's like Vision's Horcrux. So she always contained all of his soul, even though she only contained a part of it. So that was kind of what I, and that's how I interpreted that. The vision that she created, her vision of vision, which is vision. Mm -hmm. For Catholics out there, you've got God and you've got Jesus and like Jesus, but Jesus isn't a division of God. He is God because you can't divide God. So if you take a piece of God, it's also God in its entirety. That's how I think this is supposed to sort of come to work. So she created this thing and it is vision. And now, therefore, Cracker Vision is also now Vision Vision because it's indivisible. Mm-hmm. Or he's just sort of in the cloud. The mind store, you know, she's the cloud and it's all, so it, it automatically backs up. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, no, fair enough. I think that's a good as explanation we're, as we're going to get. Any, so. yeah. I mean, I'm doing more work than the show did, but. Mm. Okay, well then what about these farewell scenes? And then we can talk about, why don't you like extrapolate that to talk about the emotional punch or any resonance that you want to talk about with, especially with Wanda and Vision there and Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. I'll weigh in first because I'm already thinking about it. While I was watching the show, I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to talk about when we get to the podcast tonight is I didn't feel a fucking thing. I didn't care about the kids. I didn't really care. As I like Paul Bettany. I'm hopeful that he will see him around. I didn't care. 
I can feel one iota of emotion here. And just to prove that I'm not a robot, I have the tissue box on my side table when we watch the Great British Baking Show because I can't fucking handle it when somebody goes home. So like I, I in my old age, I'm just maybe I'm just a softy now, but I was watching and I'm like, why is this this just doesn't affect me? Because I know the kids aren't real and they haven't really been characters on the show and not that you were able to like get an emotional connection. Just the vision thing was like, well, he's fine. He's going to be fine. We already know he's going to be fine. I just felt, I almost I felt cheated out of what they were, like they were trying to have a tragic ending and I respect they were trying to do that. I felt cheated out of the, the cathartic experience. That's, that's my take. I can't believe I have the opposite kind of reaction because usually I'm totally emotionless about like all things, but no, I got some feels out of it. Them being able, like her kind of saying, I, I get like maybe, I don't know. I, I get they're they're not real, but there's also like a part of me that I don't know the comic books that well. I just know enough to kind of be like, well, they're sort of not real, but they also kind of are. And so I thought it was a, a sweet scene of her saying goodbye to the kids, the way she says, you know, thanks for choosing me as your mom. And I felt like the the scene between her and Vision at the end there, you know, it's a little bittersweet. I mean, I wasn't like crying or anything like that, but I felt so I had some feels about it. And I do think it's a tragic end because she is now sort of being able to actually say goodbye to the vision that she knows in sort of a way that couldn't happen at the end of Infinity War. And also to say that, well, it's all, all right anyway, because like vision's out there. It's like, that's not really the case because that's not... I mean, I get. I mean, I know it's like the physical vision, and it's his memory and such, but it's not necessarily the person that she loves. So the person that she is talking to, and she tries to kind of explain it, and, and it's it's sort of as Jeff said, but it it's more of a manifestation of like you know we all like internalize how we feel about other people, but because she also has this connection to a magical space rock. She kind of says like that part of the mind stone that is within me. And it's like all her memories and feelings of vision sort of created him. And so is he real? I mean, I guess maybe not exactly like that, maybe not strictly. And even he came to this realization, right? That he's like, well, I'm not, not real, real, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it lessens any emotions there right so to me this was the natural conclusion to the show and i'm kind of glad it that it ended in this way versus the two visions merging into one and she's like well i get vision back right so i in a lot of ways i think it's it was nice to see her say goodbye to this one vision because like ultimately that other vision is not the vision she knows and that Mm -hmm. again I'm mixing in some of what, like, my comic book knowledge. Pretty sure she never got back with Vision. I think a long, long time. I think they go their separate ways after there's, like, the white Vision thing. I agree with you. Partially there, Nathan and Jeff, like, kind of both of you guys. I'm kind of, not that I'm really in the middle. I disagree with a couple of your points. What I agree with you, Nathan, is the fact that I'm glad they just didn't have a merging and she gets yeah. what she wants. So Because I thought they were going to do yeah. that. Yeah, so I'm glad that didn't happen. And I agree with you, Jeff, in the sense that I didn't feel jack fucking shit at all. And this was a missed opportunity for me because we talked about it before is my concern was this whole series kind of hinged on those two. 
And then when they had the kids, they had the family unit. Now, I know the kids are kind of nothing characters. We didn't really spend a lot of time with them. I thought maybe the scene could have had a bit more of an emotional punch if they had a family unit there waiting for the hex barrier to erase them. And they're all asking. And I I wish there was more exploration from Vision because I felt that I liked the line of him saying, what am I? And I wish they had a bit more of that there in previous episodes and in here where they kind of lingered on that that concept more where I could feel a little bit more of an emotional punch. I don't know. Is someone moving some stuff around? <laughs> I'm not doing a damn thing. I'm uh, sitting sorry, that, still. 100%. That might be me. I was uh, bumping my microphone by accident. Sorry. That's kind of how I felt. I mean, I, I feel the same way as you do, Jeff. I felt that this is a missed opportunity. I really, I really wanted to feel something here. And you're right, because we see, you know, we know now, because they're both Paul Bettany's this other vision, that they're going to have their opportunity to be together in the future. So this means nothing. These kids aren't real. It means nothing. But I think they could have made us feel something more. Yeah, if they I think did they something could differently. Yes, yes. Totally. Even if this was all fake, they could have really made this something more. Because we talk about grief and then she has to choose to let this go, which is a different sense of grief. You know what I mean? And she has to go, mm-hmm. you know, kind of quote unquote man up or girdle up or just adult up or whatever, mature up or however you want to label it. But she's got to, you know, let go of that fantasy. And she does that. The action is there. It's just I don't feel that action. I don't feel mm-hmm. that. And it's also because also how it's dealt with after. It's like, yeah, yeah, I just, I'm just walking out of town and I'm going to do my own thing. I thought that was odd, that scene there where she, you know, it's all over. She's standing where she started in unfinished plot of her, her house. And then she just like pops her hood and walks through the town square. Like I might've taken the back door out. You know what I mean? Or just like, fly away. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah, just fly away. Like, I'd be like, these people are probably going to fucking lynch me. And even if they don't, they don't want to see my, my sorry face again. Um, it didn't make a whole lot of sense other than they needed her to do that to talk to Monica again, And I guess. Mm-hmm. That, even that wasn't really necessary, was it? No, I like the scene of the town just giving her the stink eye. But, I mean, oh, it, yeah. met, it meant nothing to Wanda. <laughs> oh, it's still, no, so that she, was a problem. Shit, she, no. Yeah. Not really. No, she was just like, oh, like you could tell that, like I felt that she wanted to kind of like say she was sorry, Mm -hmm. but there's a point where sorry don't cut it and you just need to disappear. Yeah, that's right. You don't need to walk in the through the middle of town and just it just yeah didn't they? I think they 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 shouldn't they should have found another way to just have her to have her talk with Monica again somewhere else. Just because she at the end because then she does just fly away. Right. That's right. Right after that. Yeah. And Nathan, any other thoughts? Because that's that's the end of this, the show. So the only thing I wanted to kind of bring up, there was there was like a super corny line. It was about mid episode or it was like when the soldiers show up and we're going to have this big showdown. And Wanda says, Vision says something. We haven't uh, prepared you for this. And then Wanda says, but you were born for this. And it was kind of funny. Mm. This is a corny as fuck line. And like, yeah. bravo to Elizabeth Olsen for delivering that dumb of a line that well. <laughs> then the next line I wrote after that is like, well, they're just making child soldiers, I guess. Mm. And one of those kids had like, after, uh, I, I forget which is which, but the, the fast one takes all the guns. That's his I name, right fast before, one. Fast one, yeah. They ran out of like speed style names, so they just kind of got fast, fast. Mark my words, eventually there's going to be a superhero that's going to just be like running guy. 
uh, or fast guy or something like that. Fast gal. There is a superhero called the accelerated man. I'm going to point that out. But anyway, he had like this look on his face. I'm like, that kid's going to be going to grow up to be a sociopath. Not, not the actor, but just like that kid. It's just like at yeah, that 100%. age, it's just a little bit too much fun to be messing with fighting men with guns kind of thing. Anyway. Well, there's all those, if you read like some of the alternate, the Elseworlds comics or the what if stuff and like the kids of the superheroes, the kids of the superheroes and all those alternate timelines are always just giant dickheads. Yeah. Never fails. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason yeah. for that. Because this yeah. you're exactly right. Like, yeah, they got they got a, they get a little too much too sweet a taste of all that power at a young age. Yeah. Which is weird that they would ha- ever have like like have Avengers, like okay. But then they go out of their way to make a young Avengers. You know, it's like, well, yeah. we're gonna put these. We got the kid program, uh, you know, for Avengers. It's like, should they just be in school? Is that like yeah, exactly. Like, like, shouldn't shouldn't you assholes be like learning arithmetic and like spelling? Yeah. Anyways, I guess that's the end of this miniseries, Wandavision. So why don't we just talk about this last episode? Why don't you guys grade it in the way we usually do? And then you can roll your thoughts into the whole series. And I guess the question I have for you was this experiment a success for Marvel to put a show onto Disney Plus here? And they went with a format, even though they didn't consistently stick with that format. Did it work? So I would thought the last episode's about average for me. Like uh, there's a, a handful of, I think this episode and the last episode, I think maybe the last three episodes are maybe not my, just like on an individual basis, maybe not my most favorite episodes, but they rank clearly just kind of average just on their own. Series overall, I really like it. I think I might just give it a quick binge watch before I got to dive into Falcon here. If it's a success for Disney, I think that's an unequivocal yes. This is they have dominated sort of the pop culture landscape, I think, these last couple of months. From my understanding, servers crash like at midnight on Friday for Disney Plus because so many people are trying to watch the show. Like overall, you know, it's well rated. I think it I I would say most people are pretty high on the show. And I think it's given a couple of characters who don't get their due in the movies. For all its faults, I think it's it's given them a little bit more meat. I'm glad we're going to see more of these characters in one form or another in uh, future movies. Jeff, I'll give you the last word, so I'll go next. So this is the second TV series or streaming series that we have covered on the podcast, the first one being Star Trek Picard. I enjoyed this miniseries far more than Star Trek Picard. I was not really having a lot of fun, even though I was still willing to watch the next episode just simply because it was Patrick Stewart as Picard. But in the end, I thought it was it was a fail on that series. I don't think this is a fail on this series. I felt the last, the back half of this season for WandaVision was not strong, or at least not strong enough. There's still things to enjoy. I think the performances are very good. We always talked about consistently that Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany have been very, very good. And it's, as you said, Nathan, it's nice to see these B characters get to be have some time on screen and we get to know them better. And their chemistry between them, those two are really good. But however, I felt the, that even their performances were not as strong 
in these last few episodes as they needed to be. And there wasn't enough time dedicated to the relationship that I needed to have there, even though there, the possibility exists now that they can extend it into future series or movies because they have that other vision now. I felt it was a missed opportunity. Then we talk about the format. It started off so strong and then it dissipated. And I think, I'm not sure it could have continued as strong as it started, but Jeff, you brought, I think both of you guys brought up the idea that even if we were in the real outside world, they could have targeted that format even outside the hex. I think, you know, that's a that's wish fulfillment as we are as armchair reviewers here. So maybe they didn't think of that opportunity and it's a missed. But again, it's just a missed opportunity. But I do think that the series was overall very good. It was fun. I think it's a success for Marvel because it gives them the idea that they can tell some more unique stories in interesting ways. I just wish that they had a better second half and took a bit more risk with that emotional punch and we talked about the consequence for the character if there was a consequence for wanda here i think this movie could have ended off very strong because then that sends a good message to everybody saying you know there's a penance that has to be paid doesn't mean that she has to be thrown into jail we already know very well that ain't gonna fly but maybe there will be a penance maybe there won't be maybe there'll be consequence in the future maybe they won't be i'm leaning towards a no but that's where my disappointments are is a little bit more between the emotional punch with their relationship and then that family dynamic and that sacrifice she gave because it's an empty sacrifice for me based on this episode and the consequences there and the questions that they bring up as her as a villain or a potential villain so i am a bit disappointed at how the series turned out overall i still recommend it but it's not as strong as I would hope for. I'd kind of give it a mid-tier recommend. Is it a rare antiquity? I guess so, for the format sake, but I don't think it deserves <laughs> deserves the rare antiquity because it didn't have a strong enough finish. It's it's right on that borderline for me. So that's where I stand there. Jeff, over to you. Oh boy. I mean, I wanted to like it a lot more than I actually do. How do I want to present this? I've said it before. You do have to give them credit for trying this like this is a it was a very creative idea harry you said it yourself like they started off strong because they did the format but it's been three weeks since we've seen the format out of nine okay so we had nine episodes right three episodes were fully outside of the sitcom format so we had six episodes that were in sitcom mode and a couple of those were only like half in sitcom mode right because they were dealing with the outside shit so i think they came up with this awesome idea and then they chickened out they didn't go for it and i don't know if that was because they chickened out like they were actually scared of going into it too much or just the nature of you know who the producers are and what the mcu is just dictated their storytelling choices i, I think i said it last time on our last episode they don't know they just don't even know how to tell a marvel story outside of the marvel format that's a real shame i think every single episode should have been start to finish 100 sitcom Everything should have been a sitcom. They should have forced themselves to work within that format. And if there were episodes that felt clunky and didn't work because they're trying to fit the Marvel story in, I would have preferred that to uh, just just breaking breaking the mold altogether. So that's a real disappointment for me because it was such a great idea. Faith and said this the, the finale crashed the, the servers. Lots of people couldn't watch. Like obviously it was popular, and I'm glad for that. People were in for it. And that's also kind of disappointing to me, not because I wanted it to fail. 
Um, quite the contrary. What I think is that that they played it safe because it's Marvel and they played safe, but they didn't have to because I think with this Disney Plus thing, they have a captive audience. No matter what, this would have broken the, the service. Even if it sucked, we would have been fine with it because we would have been ready to move on to the next thing. We would have been happy with it took a chance. I think most people would be fine. I'll give you an example. I'm thinking about this today. Let's take The Rise of Skywalker as an example, okay? Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah I know. Hold <laughs> on. With me. Yeah, buckle up. Buckle up, boys. Um, the movie, look, so they played it safe in every respect, both in who they chose to make the movie, how they did the script, how they did the story, like a whole thing, they played it safe. And and what happened? Like, I know the movie, it was much money because we all were going to go see Star Wars, but we all kind of hated it. And most of the, and the critical response wasn't great. And so what did that do? Disney fucking rethought their whole Star Wars strategy after that movie. Because as a movie, you can't fail. When you're on like the streaming service, like if, let's say the Mandalorian sucked. Let's say the Mandalorian sucked balls. How many of us would have canceled our Disney Plus subscriptions? Probably fucking no one. We'd have been like, oh, okay, you know, they made a try and like, I'm looking forward to the next thing that's coming along. Like, it's not a big deal in this format to take a swing and miss. So they could have gone for it and it wouldn't have mattered. And if we could have had something great, instead we have something that's eh, kind of kind of mediocre. And like mediocre, I don't actually have a problem with mediocre as such. I have a problem with mediocre when it could have been great. It could have been great. So is it a rare antiquity? I mean, no, I'm going to say no, it's not. Uh, I recommend it. I I'll, I'll say this, and Nathan already referenced it with Elizabeth Olsen delivering the uh, ham and cheese sandwich line of you were born for this and us buying it. Uh, she and Paul Bettany, man, they did a lot of heavy lifting in the last few episodes, and, and they needed to because they had some, some, they had nothing to work with. And boy, are they good. So I'm glad that I got to see them. I'm glad we're going to see them some more. And... And if, you know, if that's all that comes out of it, then all right, so be it. There, I've said it. All right, well, I guess that's WandaVision. So the hex is gone, so we are free to think again. So, <laughs> yeah, we're free of the hex. We're free of the hex, that's right. So I guess that does it for today's show. Any, any other final thoughts, gentlemen, before we say goodbye and get off the air? My one thought is those kids are probably not as imaginary as you may think. Because I also know those two actors are currently in London shooting a film, might involve a doctor. So just thought I'd bring okay. that up. Yeah. All right. So I'm not saying they're, well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's I a, guess that's a spoiler, but that's whatever. okay. That's a minor one. So I, I don't like this idea, but I guess it's inevitable now that Wanda Maximoff will, or Scarlet Witch, I guess, will be not the villain, but like a an antagonist in the Doctor Strange movie. And it would sort of make sense if part of her motivation is like, oh, maybe I can get these kids back sort of thing. That, that was the thought I had, but anyway. Mm. Okay, well, that'll be that'll be interesting if that's the case. Well, I guess that wraps it up. We're at an hour and 40 minutes here to wrap up our second series that we have reviewed, which is now WandaVision. So thank you, gentlemen, for going through this week by week on Friday, every week pretty much. So I think it's been a success and it has been fun. We'll continue with our regular scheduled programming and we'll go back to reviewing those gems, which are movies, or at least hopeful, hopeful gems that are movies, <laughs> obscure movies. And uh, we'll continue with Inner Space next time. So I will talk to you guys later. All right. Sounds good. Talk to you guys later. Yeah. Talk to you later. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Looking forward to the next adventure. Next the Undiscovered event. Country. 
Yes, once again. Should be the undiscovered continent now. So Yeah. Anyway, you guys have a good night. I'll talk to you next time. See you guys. All right. See you guys.